Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Scott Corelli. You can find me on social media at Scott Corelli and also on all of my podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. All right. And today we're talking about Minute 20. Of Suicide Squad. Nate, you got something to say? I'm blown away by that cadence by all three of us. That was fantastic, guys. Professional. <laughs> right? The minute's yeah. going to start with the introduction of Enchantress's... <laughs> I almost said MacGuffin. Encha- Enchantress's heart, which is the MacGuffin. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you were right the first time. Yeah, yeah. These dilithium I, crystal plot holes. I wanted, to, I wanted to be objective first and then get into it. Plot devices? Plot devices. That's what it is. Welcome to Suicide Squad Minute, where we talk about the plot devices. And the minute's going to end with Rick Flagg uh, finding June Moon in her apartment as Enchantress. So, Mm -hmm. let's get right into it. This heart. This heart, which is the matter of the film. Um, It's a... it's not a real heart. I don't, it's a, it's, it's a, <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, <laughs> what is that? Like, you tell me, like, some Canubic jar heart thing is just like, like yeah, what like is it? It's like mummified, right? It's like a mummified. Looks mummified, maybe. I I don't know. Is there a blown up picture of the heart that I can look at? Um, I, I, I mean, I guess like I can six thousand years old. Yeah, here's what I need to. This is what I need to learn right now. Like, what? Where? Why was Enchantress so? This goes back to the archaeology thing, right? Where it's like, hey, maybe now that you're an archaeologist, maybe you should find your own heart, right? How does Amanda Waller find it before you kind of thing? Mm-hmm. You know what I, See where I'm getting at? Yep. Yeah. You are, you got the special abilities. You can literally teleport anywhere. So as my first rule as the Enchantress, I am going to go find that which matters, which is the heart. So is there a reason? Says, uh, let's see here. Not only does Amanda Waller manipulate June Moon's romantic relationship with Colonel Rick Flagg, which we haven't gotten to yet. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, she also keeps Enchantress's heart in a box, literally. In searching the skull cave, Waller finds a mummified human heart before Enchantress does. I just made that part up. The skull cave? Yeah. Yeah, the Skull Cave is what it's called. Wow. They originally called it the Trust Osos Cave, but now it's called Skull Cave. Skull Cave. Yeah. You mm-hmm. Go figure, right? <laughs> Great. <laughs> I didn't write this book. What should we call this Cave of Skulls? I don't know. Skull Cave? Skull, skull Cave Great. sounds good, man. Perfect. It's, yeah. Let's it's go with it. capitalized, too, so it's like, wow. In searching the Skull <laughs> Cave, That's was what should we call this island? How about oh. we call it Skull Island? Yeah, skull right. Cave Island. Yeah. I mean, at least at least in that case, the island is shaped like a skull. Yeah, that's why don't it is. don't talk bad about Skull Island. Like yeah. that can't talk about. That's I, real. I can't <laughs> talk about my boy like that. Oh man. Oh man. Waller finds a mummified human heart. Waller traps the heart in a box like Nirvana. She alone <laughs> has its key. How does she know that to do that though? Where is she getting this information that she can control this thing with its heart? No idea. Is this, like, did she already pick up June? And is she like, all right, June, you need to tell me everything that's going on in your wacko little mind that Enchantress is feeding you? This movie so maybe June, I can help you? June Moon would have to have been, like, 
this thing's trying to take control of me. Yeah. Please take this heart away from me. Yeah. And like you got, you got to find the heart and like, yeah, but please don't let me near it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, please keep this away from me. And Amanda Waller was like, how about you just do whatever I want? Oh, now that I'm actually pausing this at the scenes, I get it. Um, <laughs> does it say TNT? Is it? So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a bomb it's a, in this box. It says Acme. It says the Looney Tunes, like, it's Warner Brothers. It, get it? That says TNT. That's a Wiley Coyote d- device right there. Yeah. You know, they're making so a movie about him. I well, I was always curious as to what her thumbprint was doing. I didn't know it was a bomb. I thought the thumbprint was going to, like, open up so she can, you know, show and tell the heart. Check this mm. out. Like, like, unlock it? Yeah. Unlock the case. I didn't know that once you open the case, it's like a football. You got to arm it immediately or dis- disarm it immediately. Right. Yeah, so... You open it and then it starts a timer. Yeah, right. So all she you, has to do, do is just open it and throw it, like a football. Yeah. But just throw it. Uh, yeah. Away. Well, I, I mean, I, and that's that's the thing, right? It's like it's confusing, and the only reason that we're understanding the actual plot mechanics of this thing is because we're watching it one minute at a time. If you're just watching this movie, you're you don't get that, and so it's just like, why is she putting her thumb on the thing? Like, it's just. The storytelling through the editing in this movie is, I mean, it is, to call it amateurish is a uh, disservice to amateur filmmakers everywhere. It's just um, neglect- and, neglectful. Yeah. It's neglectful. It's, and, it's, and it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible mm-hmm. filmmaking. It's just like, I, why, why is this happening? You never explain why this is happening or what, mm-hmm. like, what this trap this heart trap that she has here even is like ugh, it's frustrating yeah and it's you know you brought it up but like it's the the problem with the editing as a as a form of storytelling in this film is because editing or storytelling through editing is so important you know yes. like like <laughs> we're gonna you know hey you do a podcast about edgar wright films yeah and storytelling through editing has been like evolved because of Edgar Wright. There are people who have shown that you like, if you do it so well, it is so rewarding. And this Mm -hmm. is like neglectful. It's not bad. It's just you, it's, it's not bad because it's badly done. It's bad because it's neglected. It's like, they didn't, they didn't care. They didn't know that that's because People who are it's all style. It's it's all style, and there's no substance to it whatsoever. There's no yes. reason for any of the cuts that they're doing. They're just doing the cuts because they're they're keeping cool. uh, the pace that the studio wants, and mm-hmm. that's it. That's the only thing that that they're worried about. They just wanted to have the pace and the tone that the studio asked for, which is the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we turn this two and a half minute Bohemian Rhapsody trailer into an entire movie? Well, this is how it has to happen. We didn't shoot the movie with this in mind, but we're going to edit it with this in mind. And as a result, we're going to turn it into an absolute train wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it's it's unfortunate. And I want to see what the other version looks like because this – when people do trailers, they they depend on the lines of dialogue to explain it. Like the two minute trailer that you watch for a movie, like the lines of dialogue are strung in a way that almost, for better or worse, they give you the 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 point one two three, 
Like, here's right. the beginning, middle, end of this movie. I understand it because the actor said things that I understand, and now I get what this movie's about. That's what they're doing here, where it's like, we're going to cut this here, cut here, cut there. But Amanda Waller is still saying, we found her heart. I can control her. She can do whatever like we want. And then I got this dude, Rick, F- Rick Flagg, who's going to help. And it's like, we're just going off what they're saying to help us understand what is being shown to us. So it's kind of, yeah, it's just really disappointing. I wish we had the scene. I wish you had the minute, Scott, where she uses what looks like a sonic screwdriver to stab the heart because that, that she has the bomb thing, but then she like starts stabbing it with a pen or something. Ugh. And I was like, yeah, I, just, I need more clarification on what's happening mm-hmm. because and even like, just, just on a, on a, on a dialogue level, this is the other reason why I can tell that this is a reshoot is because the dialogue, like when we have conversations, there is a flow to dialogue that makes logical sense. There's a logic to the way people talk. Mm-hmm. And what's happening here is like they say, how are you going to control them? And then she says, uh, having people work against their own self-interest for the sake of national security is what I do for a living. And then talks about Rick Flagg. And it's like, OK, there's there's a few things here. I understand that we need to establish Rick Flagg, but it's a stretch getting there because she's not making people work in their against their own self-interest like she's putting bombs in their necks like it's a it's a threat it's not she hasn't convinced them to do this she's like do this or i'm going to explode your brain yeah it's it's, it's blackmail it's not it's not getting them to work against their self-interest like She's not like it's it's not what she's saying, you know, and then to compare that to Rick Flagg doesn't make sense because Rick Flagg doesn't have a bomb in his neck. So the two things aren't comparable at all, but they're forcing the comparison just to get the exposition out because this scene serves a very particular purpose for this edit of the movie. And it's a mess. You should. We should be showing how the heart controls Enchantress, not, mm-hmm. hey, let's introduce Rick Flag, who's going to be Enchantress using him. Like, mm-hmm. like, let's not introduce that character yet. Let's hold on. Let's like put that guy on the back burner. Let's talk about. Let's get into more about not only why. Enchant. Well, hold on. Enchant- As of right now, Enchantress is the only one that Amanda Waller controls. She does not have the rest of the team yet, although she wants to. But now, with this heart, you have the opportunity to prove to the rest of this political team why you can pull off this massive stunt. And so, yeah. show that first. Mm-hmm. Show why June show- Moon... Yeah. Show yeah, show the heart, right? And say, okay, I can control Enchantress because this heart controls her and if I hurt this heart, it hurts her and she so she's going to do whatever I say because if she doesn't, I'm going to blow up this heart or whatever. And she's like, and this gave me the idea that if I put a bomb in their necks, I can th- I can threaten them in the same way. Like, yeah, they might not have a heart, but if I put a bomb in their neck, I can still threaten them to do whatever I want them to do. 
that's the comparison you make. You don't need to introduce Rick Flag here. Rick Flag is a is a faceless whatever like in this movie as he's presented in this movie he's just some random soldier guy that works for Argus and works under Amanda Waller. That you don't need anything more than that. In fact, if you're going to cut out all of the 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 pathos of the Enchantress story, just cut out the the love story angle as well. Just remove that because that's the only reason they're showing this bathtub scene is to, to see the lo- expression on his face and be like, oh, he loves her instantly, which is so stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like cut out the whole love story angle entirely because you're doing the movie a disservice by pretending that anyone is going to care about them being in love because they have absolutely no chemistry whatsoever in this movie. And if they don't have chemistry, cut it out because it's it's a waste of time, especially in a movie that you're trying to cut down to like 100 minutes, then cut that out. Cut it out. We don't need it. It's unnecessary. It's an unnecessary. Just make Rick Flag the, the, the soldier leader of this team. You have Amanda Waller and then you have Rick Flag as like the, the on the ground team leader. Because yeah. he works under Amanda Waller. That's all you need to know about him. You don't need to know anything else. In, as far as this movie's concerned, and I'm not talking about Rick Flagg, the comic book character, just in this movie, you don't need to know anything more about that character than that. That is his purpose in this movie. That's it. Yeah. So why are, we ha- why are we giving him a title card that tells me how well he golfs? That's stupid. It's dumb. There, it, this, it, is it, a, uh, this is another thing that, Given a, another draft of the film, we could have we could have turned this into a bigger you know we, the potential for Rick Flag could have been like kind of going off what we were talked about the other day is like there's there's a way to fix the villain and there's also a way to fix the supporting character to the villain which is Rick Flag and mm-hmm. Rick Flag is presented as in a weird way they want to present Rick Flag like our extension to the film like this is our all-american hero who's gonna like somehow be the control variable who's gonna be dealing with all these people and he's gonna be like whoa what a bunch of psychos and it's like suicide squad coming in theaters like he's like that guy right Mm -hmm. but it's like what should have been i just the way you described him i just i suddenly wanted to see a movie where bill murray played rick flag yeah (laughs) it's just here's like rick flag should be the kind of guy that proves that these villains, these freaks of nature, that they are no different than the all-American hero because Rick Flagg should be shown and like as a as a real piece of shit. Like if they should, <laughs> there should have been a moment where you know Deadshot goes, "You're no different than the rest of us." Like you. You're evil just like you got problems just like the rest of us. I feel us. like it almost gets there. It almost especially but, with, but between no. him at and Deadshot the and then it just at doesn't. At the end of the day, he's still hitting that golf with the 3 R I don't know golf, but the, he's still he's still your <laughs> It'd be a 3 wood. Or whatever. But we the just, sound it made was definitely not a wood But club. it's like, "Oh, feel bad for me cuz my girlfriend is an evil empress now." My it's girlfriend like, for who I totally love, really. I do. I love and her. It's like, I do. <laughs> Believe me, please believe me. <laughs> yes, so we're Facebook stupid. official. 
Like, oh my God. believe it. Yeah. Oh my God. That's that's what this needed. It just needed a. It just needed a shot of his Facebook page that said "in a relationship with June Moon," and then we'd all get it. Oh yeah. no! It has to say it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> in a relationship with June Moon, it's complicated with the chances. Oh yes. God. Oh my God. But like, yeah. See, that's my problem is that they make him the victim of it all, and it's like your victim is the villain. That's the whole. The mm-hmm. depth of, of most villains is they end up being the one that we surprisingly are like, oh, you're the victim. Yeah, and it's don't like, don't make a movie like Suicide Squad where they're like, you're going to root for the bad guys and then m- make me try to care about the quote unquote good guy, the only good guy on the team. Like, don't do that. Like, what is the if the point of this movie is that we're supposed to root for the bad guys, then you should present an all-American hero. And then over the course of the movie, prove that he's actually worse than any of them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We are supposed to fall in love with these guys. We're supposed to say, hey, they got problems, too, like I do Mm -hmm. when I leave this movie theater and go back to reality. Like we all have our vices. But it's I mean, I guess they kind of do it with him at the end where he destroys the the exploding app. And he's like, I'm I'm no different. I don't know. Yeah. What was the animated Suicide Squad movie? Um Assault on Arkham? No, not Hell to Pay. Hell to Pay was the newest one. Assault on Arkham. That one Mm. was, when you guys say, let's root for the bad guys thing, that's what I think of. Because they were all horrible characters. Like, they were to their T of what the characters were in that movie. And then they all died. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. They they all came back. Somehow they came back and then in Hell to Pay, then they all died. Comic book, but, you know. The Mm. fact that, like, they all were, you know, written off, per se, Mm -hmm. um still gives you that fact oh man i really like that guy and they just killed him mm-hmm. it's like it's I wonder, that thing it's, you, that's how you should write suicide squad in, in hell, hell to pay love. is honestly a great suicide squad is it movie. i haven't seen it oh, oh it, it is really, awesome the suicide is, squad the uh, suicide part is is put into it like the, it's the, it's it's really good and the uh the sort of um MacGuffin twist in the third act of the movie is like one of the best things that's, that's they've ever done in one of those DC animated movies. It's really, really good. I'll check it out. I'm excited. Yeah. And you guys check it out after listening to this. Um. <laughs> um, I wonder if the, the air cut spun this, this relationship a little bit differently <laughs> with Rick. F- I, don't I couldn't I, I, tell you. I, I doubt it, but I, I yeah. would, I would bet that it's at least executed that this version of it is executed better than it is yeah. in this version. Cause I think that they cut out all of his relationship stuff with enchantress June moon, but like it, it, they cut it all out, but then they left in just enough exposition to, for you to know that it's there and Put thought that that would be good enough when it's like, we know we don't, we don't fall in love with, uh, characters relationships just because you tell us to like we have to see them together and understand why they love each other and why they're in a relationship in order f- for us to care as audience members like you mm-hmm. you can't just tell us that they're together and that's all we need we need more than that um, but mm-hmm. this edit of the movie presupposes that we don't we don't need that at all <laughs> yeah, I I don't want to say that you can't do character development through a montage because I might get easily proven wrong by some example out there. But I generally maybe mm. don't show us that a relationship formed through a montage. Oh. I think. 
oh my god, I just realized I'm literally about to do a movie that introduces a character with one of the greatest character introduction montages ever, which is Nicholas Angel in Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. You learn everything you need to know about him in that opening montage. And yeah. it's, and it, but it's, it's executed really, really well because the whole point of it, unlike this, it, like, the point of it is just to introduce the kind of person that he is. And then you immediately start seeing him, uh, the way that the world reacts to him and the way that he reacts to the world. We don't really get that with these guys. I mean, I learned that he does a golf thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I don't yeah. know. Every time I look at him, I'm like, he has time for golf when his yeah. girlfriend is possessed by an ancient evil. This like, okay, uh, I, you know, I'm, I was going to go golfing with the boys. Are you, are you okay today? <laughs> okay. He, I'm going to go living, ahead and go golf. He's living the American dream. Okay. He's an army veteran. He does the golf thing with the three handicap thing, and he's got a golf <laughs> girlfriend. Like, he is – he's living life. He's got it. He's love at first sight. You saw the girl in the oh, all-black bath bomb thing that she's got going on. Mm-hmm. And I and will he, say, I, from, a, from, a, um, from a set design standpoint, that looks like something right out of seven, and I'm kind of into it. I'll be honest. I think this is amazing. This was yeah. in the trailers, and I was like, yeah. whatever that is, yeah. I want to see that. Like, yeah. Th- this like if there was a set visit, that's like oh look at that. I'm like what they did. It's like a black yeah. goop swap thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um, I think I think one of my biggest disappointments with what they do with Enchantress in this movie is the fact that like, uh, you know they they kill her off at the end of this, don't they? Isn't that what happens? They kill the dies? Enchantress off. Yes. They kill the Enchantress. Okay, but not June Moon. Okay. No. Well, well, in spoilers. <laughs> yeah. They, well, so so I think my biggest disappointment is like like there's a way that you could have had if you weren't going to do the Joker thing, um, which if you're going to focus on the Enchantress, you need to just not have the Joker in this movie at all because he distracts from things because he's mm-hmm. like a, he's just like a siphon of attention um, by design. I mean, that's always the Joker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's but I, I <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know, it happened. In the, it even happens in the Dark Knight. Like Two-Face is supposed to be the villain of that movie and uh, yeah. it just. It's the Joker's movie um, because that's what he does. He's the Joker. Uh, but if you're going to – if you remove the Joker from this movie and you made this a full-on Enchantress movie, like there there, there could have been this great thing where June Moon like gains control of the Enchantress at the end of this somehow. And that can be like her sort of emotional arc is like figuring herself out rather than having a man figure out all of her problems. Um and yeah. they're they're in making Rick Rick flag the bad guy sort of of the movie, which would have been awesome. Um, but the the, uh, the 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 whole thing with this um, with Enchantress is like, I, God, I how how great would it have been if you end this movie with a setup for Justice League Dark with Enchantress starting that team, mm-hmm. like like sort of graduating from the Suicide Squad and then going over to that and like. That's how we introduce Justice League Dark. You you have like a post credit scene with her, like I don't know, meeting Constantine in a bar or something. Um, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just more magic. Thing. I yeah. yeah, like it made me it made me think of Swamp Thing because of the because of the bathtub and I was the like, bathtub, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like if we if we had gone the route that was, hey, let's show Enchantress as our 
um, like it, her breaking through the system kind of thing. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm done being a pawn of, of all this oppression and, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. So then she does leave Suicide Squad and then she, you know, if she was our, our, our vessel to get into the realm of magic within the DC universe, then she was the bridge that gets us to the Justice League Dark film that mm-hmm. should have already been out by now, but like three separate times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, they, the, they, they have announced like three separate dates for that movie and it just keeps getting canceled. Is it still Del Toro? No. No? No. No, that was like two versions ago. Okay. Oh, man. Bummer. Bummer. Yeah. Oh, major That's bummer. That's an understatement. That is I a had no idea. understatement. And I call myself a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like there, that, that seems to be my, my biggest problem is, is Enchantress being really just, just made into the villain like uh, throughout the the whole film is just she's the villain she's the villain hey remember that she's the villain and there's never a moment of like hey wait a minute wasn't i supposed to like the villains in this movie <laughs> wasn't this the whole point yeah. um mm-hmm. but yeah then you have a villain be more villainous than the other villains on the street yeah that'll work uh, yeah and like maybe the maybe the humans like i don't know something like you you thought this was gonna like turn around a bit, and it's it's just it doesn't seem to be the case. But by, by the end of this movie, I should still be thinking of the Suicide Squad as the bad guys. I mm-hmm. should still be seeing them being. I mean, they do kind of, but like actually getting back into their cells the same way they opened up the movie with the terrible you know brutality with all these things instead of what they did at the end here it seems it kind of seems like a happy ending spoilers alert that's but. that's why the macguffin in hell to pay is such a good idea because the macguffin in hell to pay is a artifact that um basically allows you to wipe your soul clean of all bad doings, so that if you die you go to heaven mm-hmm. that's the macguffin in the movie and so you have a bunch of bad guys trying to go after this this thing because uh, if I'm not mistaken, Amanda Waller wants it because she's Amanda Waller and she wants everything. Um, mm-hmm. And she's done a lot of bad stuff. But then, like, all the individual members on the team also want to use it, obviously, for obvious reasons. And then you've got other villains not on the Suicide Squad also going after it, which is the other reason why Amanda Waller is sending them after it as well, because they don't want these other characters getting it. That is such a smart way to do Suicide Squad because. Mm-hmm you immediately understand what everyone's stakes are in the matter. I don't know what everyone's stakes are in this other than sky beams are bad. Please stop the sky beams. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a sky beam, but like the electricity was like King Ghidorah and it like, just like wiped out some section of the earth. Like somehow mm-hmm. it reached that far out and it was like, what happened? How did the lightning get all the way over there? Mm-hmm. It was like really weird. It was like in a city, but then it was like attacking the whole planet. It was really that happens in this movie? Yeah, there's, oh, there's like a minute where yeah. like lightning is like it's like um like geostorm or like some like yeah. it, it like creates like bad natural disasters. I don't it's know. like it's the like, it's the most generic <laughs> third act in a superhero movie in a really long time. Yeah, it, it's just lightning, just a lightning storm in one setting. Yeah, honestly, I think wasn't it just lightning? And it's not like like a anti-monitor lightning 
style. Mm-hmm. No, it's just it's, it's just like a regular. Yeah, it's, it's not, a sky cool. beam. <laughs> it's a sky. It's a sky beam with floaty stuff and and then random lightning in places. I remember the floaty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, whatever. We'll see you know, when we wait, get there. But I mean, we haven't like the like the supposed other cut of this film, the MacGuffin, and we got to talk about my angel who doesn't. We haven't even talked about her at all this entire week, which is Katana, because of her Katana was supposedly the actual MacGuffin. Yeah. Because it is a soul stealing sword, so a rumor is that the sword is what gets the enchantress out of her that she thinks she can't be harmed with any mere mortal weapon but uh. doesn't know that katana's katana is this magic enhanced thing mm-hmm. and so in the trailer we see the soul being absorbed in this, into the sword by katana it's like in the trailer oh, and we never so get to much see that better <laughs> <laughs> and it's does like, the heart not get stabbed by katana there's no the heart the movie? it's just the soul goes back goes into the sword uh, and also and the, I mean, not for nothing, but like Katana is in this movie. Like, why doesn't she get a little a part of this montage? Uh, she becomes like the Boba Fett in this. Film, yeah, it's like, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. hey, welcome oh, aboard. By the way, it's yeah, it's like she was. She's just the cooler Slipknot. Slipknot was kind of the same way. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, Slipknot's here. Oh yeah, just have a character to kill off. But then Katana's like, yo. Check this girl out. And, and uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna build hit. up, oh man, if you're gonna do Slipknot properly, they should have introduced him in this. Like that's what makes the the joke work. Mm-hmm. You know, is that big build up? Yeah, it's a big build up, and then he's instantly killed. That's what makes mm-hmm. the joke work. Just having him show up out of nowhere and die two minutes later is a wa- is, It's a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like no one gets a joke because they didn't know who that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Right. And I, I, like I literally, oh man, I forgot about this. I have not seen Slipknot as a character in this movie because I only saw it once and I went to the bathroom in the entirety of him being That's alive and in this joke. movie. That's hilarious. That's I went to joke. the bathroom and I came back and, and, and my girlfriend, Bethany, I was like, what did I miss? And she was like, there was a guy named Slipknot, but you didn't miss anything because he's dead now. <laughs> and oh, I was like, man. what? I was <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes, hon. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There's a line uh, in the bathroom. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's silly. I think I, I feel like Katana had more of like a personal vendetta going, uh, working with Amanda. It's like because she wasn't, she wasn't. She's bombed. not. Yeah, she's not bombed. She's not triggered. It's like a, oh hey, you're the ace up my sleeve. Just you like, were the MacGuffin. Yeah. She was like that. So, so tell him why it. I won't turn you in front yeah. because I have this soul stealing sword wielding ninja. Yeah, and yeah. it's like here's here's the other thing that bothers me because Warner Brothers has been doing this a lot, and I'm not saying it's bad; it makes some money, but you're we're now like starting to make movies for like the Eastern audiences. Why mm-hmm. isn't Katana a bigger character so that people can be like, I want to be Katana, I want to dress up like Katana, I want Katana action figures. Like, that's wh- a great why, question. Why mm-hmm. wasn't Katana like pushed more? Like we yeah. we do that now with like there's always like some Asian character who's like like we're hey we have to market like it's a it's a marketing thing I get it and it's it's great so why was Katana like cut down like she was pretty much the hero <laughs> of the story I don't know man yeah so I don't know it's, a, it's interesting but yeah Katana talk about tragic things like she has a great added scene in the ultimate 
cut of this film, mm. which is uh, Harley Quinn does this thing where she starts diagnosing the whole team as they walk from point A to point B. And she calls out Katana, and Katana has, like, one-line delivery. And it's, the it's like, it just shuts Harley down. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, that's, mm-hmm. why wasn't that in this scene? Because mm-hmm. just immediately, just, she doesn't need much, but when she has a moment to be Katana, it's like, I understand now why you're in this film. Mm-hmm. Then again, you were the MacGuffin, and now you're not. Now you're just mm-hmm. Boba Fett chick. <laughs> Boba Fett chic. Oh, that chic. There you go. Um, so disappointing. But uh, I hate to be such a downer this week. But yeah, we just we got I'm, we got the montage week. There's there's good things and bad things about this movie, and um, sometimes it's fun to point out the bad things. Yeah, the potential is is there, especially like we're still looking at this this shot of Cara Delevingne in, in the swamp pool. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it just it just shows that there's potential, and um, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I hope my tone for Rick Flag changes, but yeah, it just seemed kind of counterintuitive to be like, the all-American hero is the all-American hero. Like, let's, and it's like, we're not going to question that. That's, we're not going to do that. That's not, yeah. we did it with <laughs> Superman in this universe, but we won't do it with the actual soldier. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Um, I but, mean, this uh, whole movie is just like, I mean, it's just like Captain Boomerang, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man <laughs> bringing it around full the, circle. the metaphor is that the original suicide squad cut was the box of diamonds and then the hollywood was the vacuum cleaner mm-hmm. and just <laughs> sucked it right up yep <laughs> that was the metaphor but uh, oh, Scott, thank you for joining us for five golden days of Suicide Squad Minute. I hope you thank enjoyed you. spending all that time with us to talk about. Yeah, it. no, this is this has been fun. I, I appreciate it, guys. Um, I am obviously looking forward to next season a lot. Um, yes, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully your listeners um, don't don't hate me too much this week. I've, I I remember I got I got some flack last season. <laughs> um, with my uh the the whole Jesus versus Moses thing um but uh you know hopefully hopefully uh hopefully your listeners aren't uh, mad at me this time um, no i think but, it, it's like <laughs> the the beauty of this podcast is that we create a a you know something that, that, that we need to talk about things and we need to not you know um we need to be able to love these films objectively and you know, you know, it's like despite all its flaws, I still love this universe, and I still oh, yeah. love doing a podcast about mm-hmm. it. And I think that's more important than faking and saying, you know, that Suicide Squad is 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 golden and bees knees. Even like you know, when we did Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice, like we love those films, and we think we think Dawn of Justice is like you know a masterpiece. But it's like it's still got flaws that we need to talk about, or not necessary plot holes. This one has a lot of problems but like we said we <laughs> will we'll watch it and um i think that's where we need to be at is like recognize what was lost and still find it in our souls to love it and mm-hmm. i think that's what's important so i you know i i'm hoping people will join us in on that and uh i mean we've had this is our first <laughs> i this is like our first dig week like where we just like dug into it and like the, the first three weeks were 
really excited about it. We were having a great time. And yeah. So <laughs> and then I went and ruined everything. Everyone is going to hate me. <laughs> oh, it wasn't you, by all means. Sometimes you just got to <laughs> talk crap about this movie. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to air out our grievances. So, but um, Don't worry about it. But yeah, I mean, uh, this sounds like bad timing, but I was going to ask you, let the people know where they can find you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna uh, find me on my other podcasts, uh, that's you can go to duelinggenre.com. Uh, I host Spider Man Minute. We finished uh, Spider Man Two, and we'll be back in uh, summer of 2019 for Spider Man Three. Uh, so that's uh, something to look forward to. Where it's gonna be a lot like uh, this conversation with Suicide Squad. Um, that's gonna be a fun season. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really excited to cover that movie uh, because of all of the behind the scenes shenanigans that we're going to be able to get into and and really talk about why that movie exists the way that it does and uh it's i'm i'm really excited to cover it um but before we do that i am uh starting up a hot fuzz minute over at the cornetto minute podcast um we've already done Shaun of the dead and now we're going to get started on hot fuzz that launches in November. So, uh, look forward to that or, uh, perhaps it's already available and you can listen to it right now. Um, <laughs> so check that out and, uh, check out if you like Dr. Who, I do a Dr. Who podcast. So we, we should be right in the middle of the new season with the new doctor, um, right now that should be happening Ooh. right now. So that's, that's exciting. We're all very excited for that to start up. Um, but it hasn't quite yet as of this recording, but by the time you're hearing this, uh, we should be, uh, right in the middle of that season, I think the new season. So that should be really exciting. So that's yeah, the doctor's companion. Um, and later this year, uh, we are coming back geek by night, which is my, um, original yes. podcast series is coming back with season two. Season two is uh, beginning with a Christmas special and then uh, (laughs) kicking off uh, next year in 2019. So um, we're really excited about what we've got planned for season two of that show. And for those of you who don't know anything about Gig My Night, it is uh, an audio drama, um, sort of a comedy drama type of thing in the... uh, uh, sort of in the style of like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that sort of tone... Um, and it's about a uh, a bunch of comic book fans who get superpowers and what happens next and it's uh it has more drama than that prob- that premise probably makes you think um but it's it's got a lot of uh sort of uh drama and espionage and all kinds of things going on along with all of the comedy and pop culture references and stuff like that. So, um, check that out. If uh, you like what I say about story, I have a lot of things uh, as you've noticed. Um, so go check out all of that stuff and you can find it all at duelinggenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Geek by night, Spider-Man minute, all good stuff. Definitely check out those. Those are great. I totally forgot. As soon as you said Spider-Man, then I started thinking about like, and like no offense, but like all the, you know, we have problems over here in the DC universe, but then there's like the whole Sony Spider-Man thing sometimes. And I'm, Oh yeah. Um, I, I follow you guys like the the Spider-Man minute. You guys have uh, a listener group. If people want to join that and every, it seems like every day there's, there's Spider-Man news going around. And I'm like, man, I have no idea what's I, like. I don't even want to step foot into trying to find out what's going on over there. Um, oh yeah, it's no, so, it sounds it, like a mess. <laughs> it's so much fun just like reading what you guys post and everyone's take on things. It, it's so interesting. Um, so definitely check that out, guys. 
we over here, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute if you don't already. There's a Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us, Scott, other guests that have been on the show, and listeners. Tell us what you thought about today's episode or any episode you're catching up on, whether it be Man of Steel Minute or Dawn of Justice Minute. And uh, if you want cool merch, we have coffee mugs, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff that helps support us and support us in our shows and stuff. And Patreon, there's uh, just a simple $1 tier. It helps us out greatly, um, and it's much pre- uh, much appreciated. And uh, around this time, the DC Universe streaming app should be available, and Nate and I are going to be doing another DC superhero podcast called Doom Patrol Radio, where we will be uh, dedicating an episode to each episode of Doom Patrol, the TV series is it TV if it's on a streaming app? Is it? Yeah, it's still TV. Okay, well, I don't know. But, yeah, we'll be doing Do Patrol Radio, so definitely check that out. It's going to be its own separate podcast feed. Um, and we'll catch you guys Monday for Minute 21 of Suicide Squad.